2: Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Today we're going to talk about Smackdown Live for March 7th, 2017. And today we have Raj Giri, Wrestling Inc.'s own and then from the Pro Wrestling Torch, Mr. Wade Keller. Wade, thanks for joining us today.
3: Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: Awesome, guys. So let's talk about SmackDown Live last night. A lot to cover there. A lot to cover Talking Smack. We have a pretty good idea of where the WrestleMania card is headed right now. And then after, if we have time, we'll touch a bit on the new era of Impact Wrestling. So let's start with SmackDown last night. Uh, Wade, could you give everyone sort of your, your overview thoughts on the show?
3: Uh, I thought during watching the show, it came across like a B-show compared to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that with Undertaker moving to SmackDown and coming off an eventful Fastlane and then an eventful Raw, that even if SmackDown you think is the better show, and a lot of people do, I think you have to admit that it's starting to show that it's not Vince McMahon's priority right now to make it feel equal to Raw. That was one of my kind of macro pictures. On the micro side, I, I like the, uh, well, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the, the Orton-AJ Styles match. I, I, I like that they solved it. I like that they did the clean finish. I think that Randy Orton needed a, a clean win going into the WrestleMania title match. I'm glad they didn't mess around with that. Uh, I'm curious how they justify AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon, if that is indeed where they land. We saw the the uh, gorilla position angle last night. So uh, I'm curious how they get to a point that it feels like Shane and AJ is a justified WrestleMania match.
0: Hey, Wade, real quick, there's something you touched on right there, because it's something I've been mentioning for uh... For, for a little bit about WWE kind of making SmackDown the B show. And that seemed like that was kind of the beginning, the beginning of the end last time they did the brand split. split. I mean, it was a slow yep. decline, but once you label make one, the B show their house attendance starts falling. They, their pay-per-view numbers start falling. And then ultimately you get rid of it altogether. Are they, do you think they might be in danger of doing that again?
3: I think we're always, they're always going to be in danger of doing that. I think what's different this time is that they are in USA network that's equal ground to Raw. They're not on a secondary cable network. And they're on live on Tuesday. So when you have those two factors and you have separate brand pay-per-views and separate branded house shows, there's so many incentives built in for Vince McMahon to continue with the brand split and to try to make the brands equal. I think WrestleMania season, he starts favoring his firstborn. Um, he starts favoring the show that has the largest audience. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. I hope that we see some redistribution of of big names and talent once WrestleMania season is over. And when you look at what makes Raw feel like the A show right now, it is the inclusion of Goldberg, Lesnar, Undertaker, Triple H. You subtract that, I don't think that there's as much of a difference, if any, at this point.
2: And I think it works to SmackDown's advantage that there's not as much attention on it, so they're able to get away with doing... Crazier segments with doing more character development. Um, I think talking smack alone. I, I think uh, even on an average week with SmackDown, the existence of talking smack and the episodes they've been turning out give it a natural lift. I mean, I have to say, last night I thought uh, you know Orton versus AJ lacked a little bit as far as what it could have been versus yeah. what it was. Um, but when I look over the overall experience, especially with what happened on talking smack with the Miz last night, it's just it's hard for me to to leave my Tuesday night wrestling experience feeling bad after seeing the way they went out last night you know
3: yeah no and, and that's the thing about smackdown is it does feel like it's it's almost all eh, almost always might be overstating it but the the strong majority of the time the better show of the two yeah. and aj styles was a big part of that um the, the the length of the show being only 2 hours is a big part of that that plays into it i did think aj and orton was was lackluster i i didn't yeah. have as high a hopes as others did going into it, because I think Randy Orton has become the consummate B-minus player. I think that he, <laughs> he gets, he, he's always good for a B-minus match, but you're not going to get even a B-plus or A-minus out of him anymore. But he's never going to be a, a C-minus or D. He just, he's professional, he's smooth, he hits his spots. Uh, we had a caller on our podcast last night say, he's like that old band that you like that play their greatest hits, you pop for the hits. And he hits his big spots, and the fans pop for it. But when he won, I actually thought there was a little bit of a, uh, maybe de- they were deflated a little bit um, because they kind of wanted AJ to be in the main event of Mania not Orton. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you. I don't think the match was anything spectacular and I think actually the announcer set the bar so high it yeah. was hard to even live up to it. I thought that it was a little heavy handed.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and we'll get to it. I, I, I agree with what Wade said. I, I feel like I, I feel like that's been the case with Orton for a while where uh, fans are really into his entrance they're into the RKO but once his matches start uh, and especially the longer they go, they're deflated. And uh, he just—I just I just don't see him maintaining that interest in his matches like most top stars do.
3: Uh, Randy's known for being a guy when he get, gets his promo script. He's pacing backstage, memorizing it line for line all afternoon. Uh, I think same thing with his matches. He's meticulous. He's a perfectionist. But it takes that sense of spontaneity out of anything that happens in his match. He doesn't look like he's in a fight. He looks like he is performing a memorized sequence and the crowd accepts it to a degree, but I don't feel them getting real emotionally involved in this match. Even last night when he stuck his tongue out and looked to the crowd and leaned in, <laughs> they react, but they react like they're on cue, but they're not really emotionally on a ride with what he's doing. They're sort of observing with detached observation what he does. And and like I say, they see him as a star, but I don't think he's at he's he's a he's a B minus player right now in terms of connecting with the crowd.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like going to a Leonard Skinner concert these days. We know we're going to hear Freebird at some point, and the rest of the time it's a serviceable show, but, you know, it just can't compete (laughs) with the current acts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that match in depth uh, a little bit later, but the show opened with Daniel Bryan and Shane talking about what was going to happen with AJ and Randy later in the show.
3: Should we we take 10 minutes to set up talking about this segment or should we do it as quickly as they (laughs) could have last night and do it in 30 seconds?
2: It was amazing last night where it was just like, I don't know. And then what about this? And I know we'll do a match later tonight for the number one. I mean, very odd that they, someone said backstage, well, they have to have different sides of this, right? Or else it doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, long, (laughs) long setup for that main event last night between daniel bryan and shane mcmahon but we went from that real quick it was a
0: 15 minute segment on a three paragraph article on wwe.com yeah that, that article set it up uh what they did in that 15 minutes you know i i really like daniel bryan uh the problem is when he is forced to say things that he doesn't really would say and i thought that's what happened in this promo when he was using terms and words that are not natural and they came across that way. So it, he just felt unnatural in this uh, in this opening promo.
3: I think they felt if they have Shane, if they fly Shane into Indianapolis, we got to get at least 15 minutes of TV time with him. And it just, I would have rather had American Alpha and, and some sort of meaningful tag match. Or actually, I would have liked to have some follow up on Bray Wyatt just talk about, you know, they, they did this major angle last week and it was like, oh, you know, it was sort of like they talked about it, but they didn't do anything with it. Daniel Bryan and Shane. It, it it I I'm minute by minute ratings. It'd be interesting to see how impatient the audience got because I knew by about the five minute mark I was impatient and they went another seven. So it, it was is it was a bad call.
0: And also, it was second week in a row that the tag team champions are doing the dark match at SmackDown.
3: Yeah, meaningful
2: yeah. tag match really. Uh, that's something both brands have problems with right now i think yeah. um odd though, also right that we saw this escalation and they they reshowed uh the clips of it twice last night with randy burning down the compound i mean no one's really taken it to that level i mean sure later in the show we had baron corbin injuring dean ambrose with a forklift but it but it sort of begged that age-old question of like where's hr in this company sort of talking <laughs> about where, where you cross the line you know i think randy went above and beyond
3: but everybody knows it's fake yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the answer guy that's the answer that people have and it drives me nuts. I it's it we all know everything that that we watch, movies, TV shows. Yeah. I mean, the idea is have a narrative structure where when you turn it on, you're immersed in it, and there's a set of rules. And you know, like JBL was so upset over the forklift incident. I mean, I've never seen JBL more despondent over something going something being done that that is outside the bound outside the lines, outside the bounds. Well, you know, Randy Orton did just burned down and may have may have actually killed a cameraman um, at least damage. I mean, it's just when you leave the normal narrative universe uh, to use their term, uh, you got to sell it. Uh, and I thought they actually lost a lot of steam because what they did last week came across as a stunt that we're sort of going to take seriously, but sort of not. And to not wonder, I mean, Ray is their world champion. He's not a French player. And they didn't talk about like, where's Ray this week? What does he think? Yeah. Why isn't he here? How do you not how do you do that angle last week and then not follow up with something more substantial this week?
2: Didn't Maurice get fined two months ago for, like, slapping Renee Young back in a segment?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
2: I mean, that's just insane to me. Absolutely is, insane. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Bray's absence was smart last night, but a little weird that they didn't address it more. Um, so that, that's had, a
3: point. Yeah, it's not that he yeah. should have necessarily been there. It's just, like, he's your champion. He's not here. And, and explain why, you know, to address that more. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, So we had John Cena and Nikki Bella versus James Ellsworth and Carmella. Uh, The Miz and Marie. It actually happened, folks. Um, We had the Miz and Marie come out and interrupt this match. They were on commentary for all of it. But, uh, I mean, did anyone expect this match was going to be even as much as it was, let alone more?
3: It's about what I expected. I just wasn't expecting James Ellsworth to be wearing leopard print panties. Um, That that, (laughs) that was uh, a weird choice also on this show. It was about what I—I th- I mean, it was about what I thought it would be. Ellsworth is not a trusted worker in the ring, um, and and I, but I think you know, Cena and Nikki doing stereo, stereo signature moves um, was uh, enough to make the match worthwhile. And although uh, the, the Miz and Maurice, like, uh, excuse me, uh, Cena and Nikki lying at ringside for you know the whole Miz promo after that relatively <laughs> short beatdown, uh, felt a little orchestrated too.
0: Yeah, I I, and I do think I wonder when they're going to give Maurice some ring time because she hasn't wrestled in six years, and she you know she's about to uh, go into a featured match in WrestleMania, so um, yeah, yeah, she could use that ring time. But uh, maybe she and
3: Undertaker can work out together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, Maurice, I think the Miz is really carrying this feud right now, Uh, especially talking smack. He's just been he's just been amazing on the mic. you know, in the ring, he's fine, but uh, he's just really turned it up. And I, I know we'll get to talking smack, but uh, that, that's been the thing that's been keeping me most interested in this feud is is the Miz.
3: Miz is fantastic. I mean, a couple of years ago, I thought he was done. I mean, it was he was just yeah. awful the the smirking face, like he just was sucking on a lemon and same cliches. Uh, camera shy cat, <laughs> um, and. The uh, the promos he's cutting, I mean, you don't know what he's going to say next. I think he got uh, buoyed by the – oh, he's been good for a long time, but that Talking Smack segment with Daniel Bryan that, that, that just seemed to go places you don't expect WWE to go, I think has fueled Miz's character. And the things he said about John Cena – uh, he made Nikki sign a contract to be his girlfriend. I mean, my jaw. I mean, I, there's not a lot that makes my jaw drop. But when you start saying, you know, John Cena is a Tom, the Tom Cruise of WWE with you know fake girlfriends for PR reasons, and you talk about them being a plastic couple. Uh, I I'm, not, I'm I'm curious what the end game is in this. I obviously Cena is okay with all of this, but I think Miz feel. It seems like Miz is speaking more truth than. Uh, WWE superstar would be given permission to do, and I think that's intriguing to viewers.
0: Yeah, and you know, because in a lot of ways, this is very similar to the angle they did with AJ Styles. Because AJ Styles would complain about Cena being a a part timer; he wants to get rid of him because Cena is taking, you know, the 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 other guys' spot. But Miz has just taken that to another level. And 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 yeah, exactly to to Wade's point, you just he he blends so much truth that stuff that up until now. They haven't been allowed to say on TV, even stuff like, you know, Cena uh, ripping off a beer company for, for his T-shirt design. <laughs> you know, they, they ne- yes. they've never mentioned that on WWE TV, but Miz bringing that up, it just adds a whole nother element to this.
2: Well, it's amazing because you think about it, AJ made like one or two points. You know, you're a part-timer and you bury guys like me. Miz, I mean, just had a list. Yeah. And by the end of it last night, I had to go back and watch it, and I was like, this is the guy we're supposed to not want to win, right? I mean, right. no, because I was like, he's making some very valid points.
3: Well, it's um, like Miz went on Reddit and said, hey, uh, tell me, uh, you know, top 100 things you don't like about John Cena. Yeah. And he's like, that was his promo, Reddit wrote, wrote it for him.
2: Oh, my God. And last night, I mean, just looking at that uh, browsing squared circle last night, I mean, the Miz, not since CM Punk have I seen somebody so embraced by the Reddit community and the internet wrestling community that was not
3: for, predicted three years ago by the way Yeah, <laughs> no, was not, it wasn't predicted was a year board. ago <laughs> no, no no no
2: Miz is having like his best year i mean and it just and talking smack is just such a huge huge part of that and giving him that form i mean he shines the way no one else does
0: yeah you talk about people that have benefited from the brand split and he's at the top of that list absolutely
3: yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, breathing, the breathing space for some of the people that have shined and alexa bliss is up there too just yeah. adding to that list
2: yeah, so uh we had a quick segment with Renee and Randy backstage teasing the match that was going to come later in the night. They talked about Rick Rude going into the Hall of Fame. And then back from the break, we had uh god I love this. I love that Kurt Hawkins thinks he's in a feud with Dean Ambrose.
1: <laughs> and,
2: and Dean just <laughs> yes. came out. like I mean that's, that's a brilliant angle. Uh Dean yep. came out, took care of Kurt very quickly and then went to calling out Baron Corbin. Corbin last night. Uh, The only other thing that happened between was Mojo. I guess you can just announce you're going in the armbar this year. Um, Mojo announced he's going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 33. Um, But yeah, Ambrose and Corbin. So this was a very extensive backstage segment. They've been been doing more backstage fights on SmackDown lately. What did you think of that angle, Wade, with uh, Ambrose getting that injured by uh, Corbin and then pulling the whole hospital updates throughout the evening and whatnot?
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, the forklift thing felt kind of cheesy to me. Um, I mean, I I don't have a strong negative feeling. I mean, I like when they kind of go outside the bounds of – of, of something just at ringside or in the ring now and then, but again, a lot the key is the follow up. I guess if you're gonna do it, I, I like that they did. Uh, and by the way, you know, hospital's not a approved term, uh, medical facility, right, medical yeah. facility updates, um, only in pro wrestling. I mean, if you're gonna do it, then then sell it. Um, you know, maybe Renee Young should have even been hosting Talking Smack, given the you know, well, broken <laughs> what are broken ribs, but. Uh, or cracked ribs. I don't know. I mean, uh, it was fine. You know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Baron Corbin. I, I think that his portrayal with a straight face, t- totally believable. He's a guy that you absolutely expect would blow you off under any circumstances, and that he's he's being a jerk to the to the uh, woman behind the counter at the rental agency uh, at the hotel desk. I mean, you just believe that this that he just wants to get his beat people up, ca- cash his check, and go clubbing, and and I like that, and I believe that, and he comes across as as badass and tough um so I mean I, I like this feud I mean it's I mean I think Dean Ambrose probably aspired f- to be in a higher position than a Dean a- than a Baron Corbin feud going into mania but honestly I mean Corbin Corbin's a rising star in the eyes of WWE and uh this angle stands out so I mean I give it a mild thumbs up
0: Raj yeah I mean I, I did think the forklift thing was kind of cheesy I thought it was cheesy when they did it at halftime heat with uh the and mankind you know <laughs> 17 years ago whatever that was but uh uh, that being said, I, you know, with Wade, with what Wade said, I, I do agree with a lot of that. I do think Baron Corbin, you do get that, uh, that impression from his personality, uh, that he is that way that, you know, he's cocky, doesn't care. My, my issue with him is his promos. He, a lot of his promos is what you would, you would think he would really say, but he just doesn't deliver it that way. He's trying to hit like the emphasis on certain points and it just comes across as he's reading a script. And, um, uh, you know he need i think he needs some work on that end but uh, you know i do see i do see why WWE is high on him he, he definitely has that look that uh you know he has that presence to him which uh um you know a lot of times that that gets you a couple steps ahead uh before other guys uh who have more in ring ability so uh you know I, i'm i'm I think Ambrose and Corbin, I I actually think they're, you know, Corbin's probably going to win the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. So, um, you know, I think this feud is a a, a good, a good step for him.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. We came back from that to Alexa Bliss, the Blissertation, talking about who she's going (laughs) to face at WrestleMania in the ring with Mickie James. I thought it was very interesting how she dismissed the entire roster um, and dismissed even that she would be facing Mickie. I wonder if they even uh, in kayfabe came up with an answer she was supposed to have about who her opponent was going to be before Daniel Bryan came out. But we did learn that Mickey will be facing every active woman on the SmackDown or pardon me, Alexa will be facing every active woman on the SmackDown roster at WrestleMania for that SmackDown Live women's title. Um, and from there we went into a tag team match. That was Alexa bliss and Mickey James versus Natalia and Becky Lynch. Um, so Raj, I'll go to you first on this one. What do you think about this angle for mania? We'd heard some different stuff before that it might be a three-way or a four-way, or maybe even a tag match with some of the, uh, older women coming back to team with Mickey against a SmackDown live, uh, tag team of the current women. What do you think about this angle for mania?
0: Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a way for them to get all the women on the show, um, you know, I'm fine with it. I wonder if they're phrasing it, uh that phrasing that she's facing every woman on the roster is a way to keep the door open for Naomi if she's able to make it, you know, by yeah. the time she's done with her you know, if she's able to rehab and, and be able to uh be able to get cleared by then. Um so, you know, I think by doing it that way, it, it leaves you open to a surprise like that. So, uh, you know, you, I mean, we knew with how many matches they already have planned that they weren't going to have probably a, a singles uh, SmackDown women's match. So, uh, th- you know, for what they were going to do, I, I was fine with this.
3: You know, we pick on the big things narrative structure wise, you know, Randy Orton and the underreaction to, to what he did and not following up as well and praising a little bit, uh, you know, when Baron Corbin does what he does, Make, you know, BJ making a big deal out of it. It was a little heavy handed, but still, but why does how wh- what's the. How are we supposed to believe that Alexa Bliss gets to decide who she faces at Mania? Like with one, you know, one championship, the the champion is protesting who the GMs decide he's going to face or she's going to face, and then he got a Bliss just with a straight face going, "Yeah, I get to decide." Like I, I, I sometimes the, they have an end game; they want to land somewhere, but the way that they get there is just it's plowing through the traffic cones of logic to get there. And I mean, somebody should have said on commentary hey, it, Alexa might think she gets to pick who her opponent is, but she doesn't. So this is all folly. I, and so that bugs me a little bit. I, I I like when they work within a logical structure. That said, Alexa Bliss is, is magnificent. I mean, she, I love I love her. She's always got killer one-liners. I believe her when she delivers them. Um, I do think there's, you know, sort of like with Rumble, you think there's going to be some mystery entrance. And now I think people are going to wonder, you know, not that there's this huge following for Naomi, but there's going to be people thinking maybe Naomi comes back. If not her, maybe Asuka from from NXT or something like that gets, gets called up because she's now considered eligible. Um, so, I mean, that's fine. And I agree. I mean, a WrestleMania card, a double brand show, it, I would have felt bad. I don't think everybody deserves a participation ribbon for WrestleMania. I don't think you just force everybody on the show. I think it, you should. the number one goal should be serve the fans the best card, not make the wrestlers uh, not feel left out and pouting. That said, the women's division, there's enough parity on SmackDown. I think it makes sense to throw a half a dozen of them in a match.
0: And you know what, uh, to that point, Wade, uh, they did the same exact thing on Raw, too, where Mick Foley's asking Bailey, hey, who are you going to face at WrestleMania? Who do you want to face? And yeah. he said, well, when, when, have you, when has this become a thing?
3: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, very strange. Um, you know, I liked last night with Natalia turning on Becky. I like that they built that up a little bit to the eagle-eyed viewer paying attention that Natalia was over there trying to get tagged in and Becky wouldn't do it. I, I like that it wasn't just sort of a random betrayal. At least they made it. Some yeah, but I think way. by
0: doing two betrayals in the same match, it, 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 like it kind of lessens the impact of either one because they had okay. Mickey turning on uh, Alexa as well.
3: Yeah, and then you add to it Randy turning on Bray, and you have uh, the the, the ba- Bailey and Sasha and the conspiracy theory. They're like, there's a lot of the same storyline going on here where there's these and and Kevin Owens and Jericho. You have all these storylines where there's these either short or long term plots by somebody to pretend to be somebody's friend and undercut them. Uh, I think they're just going. There are too many of them right now in WrestleMania season, and I think it's diminishing diminishing them a little bit across the board.
2: We talked about this before. Uh, There's that trope. I can't remember where I read it in the 90s, but the idea that there's seven basic plots to a sitcom. I believe with pro wrestling, there are like five basic ways to build a feud and, and one way race. to end
3: a women's match by the way yeah. someone coming out to ringside <laughs> a woman being distracted and then a pit yeah there's only one on that so at least yeah. five is more than one yeah
2: yeah <laughs> of course the 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 great feud builder which is wait you think you're better than me you know uh just pretty much right there always go to that it right?
3: works in mma so i'm actually for yeah. that more than some of these others right yeah
0: yeah
2: uh, but I like that last night. Here's what I like about the uh, the two betrayals last night is that if we're going to have this match with Alexa, I like that there won't be factions. I like that it'll be this idea of maybe it's every woman for herself. Um, And I think that'll tell the story that they're going to tell with that. I would love to see Naomi return to Mania. I think that would be a really good pop, especially if they let her do her entrance on that stage.
0: I, I kind of disagree on that. I think it would have been more interesting if seeing Mickey turn on, uh, on Alexa during the match as opposed mm. to already doing that but you know it's a small thing it ultimately doesn't really matter
3: and and i actually think we've got three weeks to go i i'm I'm actually looking forward to hopefully mickey endearing herself to alexa bliss where the fans know that it's not real but bliss doesn't or the fans suspect it is and mickey uses her charm and manipulation to uh to actually lure bliss into a false sense of security i think we've got three weeks for that to happen
2: Yeah. So Mickey and Alexa won that match last night. Mickey did turn on Alexa after the match was over. Uh, We got some, uh, they were hyping 205 Live with the Austin Aries promo. What happened quickly on 205 Live last night? Is there sort of a quick nutshell? Austin
0: Aries back in action. Nice. Uh, Yeah, his first match since uh, getting injured uh, from that kick from Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, so, yeah, he defeated Tony Nese in the main event of 205 Live. Cool.
2: So I'm sure we'll uh, see more from him in the ring now, going forward towards Mania.
3: That's what the cruiserweight division needed—an alpha male babyface, and they have it in Austin Aries. So,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They're, they're, him and Neville are the two guys in that division you could take seriously, and, and you know that, uh, that would be on the the main roster, and, and well, Neville was, but they kind of buried him. But uh, you know, like they're just very believable, and uh, you don't have that with a lot of the other guys.
2: And then we had the number one contenders match last night, AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Um, we talked about this as the match was set. Everyone was saying like, oh, I don't think that's happened before. Yeah, this could be really cool. This could be good. Everyone thought really got on board with the idea of it. But then, man, did they sell this last night. With <laughs> them hyping it through the episode. So much so I think uh, that, yeah, it just everyone could not help but feel that it was not going to meet their expectations. So, Wade, you were talking about it earlier. So so walk us through what you thought the high points were of the match and what you think was lacking in that way towards Randy getting the win over AJ?
3: Well, I mean, it, I don't know if there were high points. That's kind of the problem. Yeah. It's it just, it felt, it, it's, it's like, you know, people say when they're on some sort of mood drugs where they're like, they never feel highs and they don't feel lows. Mm. They're just kind of always in the middle to keep themselves from going up and down. And and that's sort of what it feels like here. I, felt, I feel like the, Randy's matches are medicated to avoid them getting too bad, but also too good. And, and that's what we got again. It just, it just feels craftsman-like, but detached from human emotion. And that's what I felt that was here. And, and I, I mean, I felt that way with Randy and Daniel Bryan, too. We we're all excited about that. You know, this clash of Randy's been doing such great work for 10 years. And Daniel Bryan on the indie scene, and internationally, he's like, this great, oh, it's going to be great. And they had these, you know, maybe Bryan brought it up to a B, you know. I mean, it just so I don't know. It's just it was it was typical Randy Orton. And I mean, I don't blame him in the sense that he's very beat up um he doesn't show it he doesn't talk about it but there's just he he there's there's a lot of things he can't do in the ring anymore for fear of getting hurt and and i and i don't think he wants to sacrifice his health or his paychecks for wwe i think he treats this as a business he sees it for what it is as a third generation guy and he's going to go in there and he's going to give them a b-minus match that's going to be good enough he gets his pops for the greatest hits he has a finisher that's over more power to him but i'm going to call it what it is it's not a match that that lives up to the to the build-up that the announcers gave it
0: and to it's that point, like, Wade – and by the way, Wade, also, uh, right after this, Wade will be hosting the PW Torch podcast at p- pwtorch.com, so at 1 Eastern, so make sure to jump over there as soon as this is over. But um, when was the last time you could think of that Orton did have, like, an A match? I can't – I mean, I can't even think – like, even remember the last time. Yeah. I'm no, going I, back, like, WrestleManias and everything. I
3: know. I, yeah, nothing comes to – I mean, it doesn't come to mind. I mean, I really feel we've been – like he's not so bad that you're just like, what happened to Randy? But it's it's, <laughs> it's you know like he just sort of hovers there and oh that was a good match. I wish it was better, but it was better than you know most of the matches on the card. And he just kind of lulls you into this kind of complacent. Yeah, okay, it's Randy and he's a star and we like him. And like I said, it you can't you can't build a promotion around everybody being like that, but. I mean, it's fine having him in that role. I just like when they put him on SmackDown, it wasn't like, whoa, this is going to make SmackDown great because I can't remember the last really exciting Randy Orton promo we've gotten either. Randy is just, he's just, Randy's B minus player.
2: He's kind of like a a part timer who's always there.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) A a couple of people are mentioning uh, Randy versus. Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I thought the the finish was great, but the match oh, itself yeah. was nothing special. And some people are mentioning his matches with Christian, 2011. So we're going back six years. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it uh, I, I've had that issue with Orton for a while now. It's just I once the bell gets going, his you know I just stop caring about the match and and his promos. Uh, you know, to Wade's point, they've never really been that great.
2: What did you guys think about? So I had I had to go back and watch this again. The AJ Styles fake out there, that almost botched <laughs> like move uh, to to someone not paying close attention, where AJ looked like he was going to go for the phenomenal forearm, uh, psyched him out, and Randy did an RKO on no one, bumping on the mat.
3: I loved it. I thought it was great. I think everybody thought they knew it was gonna happen yeah and uh and a j outsmarted Randy and i don't I'm assuming it was planned. um they did a, a similar spot at the house show the night before where mm. um I think Randy actually hit the RKO. I'm, uh, uh we had somebody call up the uh p w torch livecast last night after Ron talked about that that at the or after Smackdown last night, and they talked about how at the Monday house show. They had a, a run-through match and they did a similar finish, but Raw put a twist on it. So maybe, maybe it was messed up. I watched it and I just thought it was a really clever, uh, good finish.
0: Yeah, that was that was actually the highlight of the match for me. Was that spot? Yeah, yeah it was uh, that was the one point I was like, man, that was really creative.
3: But I want to <laughs> underline, I like that Randy Orton's main eventing WrestleMania for a title. He should get a clean win. From a business standpoint, I get there's going to be AJ fans who don't like that. And that's good. You want to have wrestlers where fans are upset when they lose. But uh, but no, it was a right finish to not mess around with it. And I bet AJ uh, was totally fine with that. I mean, there's a, there's a time when you're against another top guy and you don't need or want a controversial finish. Uh, that's not necessary for what they're doing at Mania.
0: Absolutely. But Wade, I, I wanted to ask you, because uh, we've seen Orton versus Bray Wyatt on pay-per-view a couple of times now. They haven't really blown the crowd away. Do you see it being different at WrestleMania?
3: No. Right. <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, they say they're, you know, they're going to, you win the rubble, you headline WrestleMania. I I mean, I think that ma- I think people will be leaving the stadium at the five and a half hour mark. If that's the main event. I, I mean, <laughs> but they got three weeks to convince us. Otherwise I just don't see him accomplishing it. And then yeah, match wise, they should go out and want to have the match of their career, but it, opponents of Randy don't get to have the match of their career. They have, they get to have the match that Randy feels comfortable doing. And uh, I think Bray, is uh, another multi-generation guy, go along, get along, uh, worker. He's not going to push it, and I don't think they'll be encouraged or be told they need to push it. They'll they'll go through and have a B minus match.
0: And l- let me uh, let me ask you this as well: Would it? Because this is something I had been arguing for. What do you think it would have been better if they left Shane McMahon out of this WrestleMania and changed that main event to a three way with Wyatt Orton and AJ Styles?
3: It'd be a better match. I think they'd have to have storyline support to explain it. Uh, because the issue with Randy and Bray is so personal i don 't th- I right. think they 'd have to do a different angle then than have Randy burn down the compound because <laughs> when you have Randy I know it sounds ridiculous. when you have Randy and Bray uh, in a, a deeply personal grudge match with this multi month build up and then you throw AJ into it just to make the match better it, it 's it's, uh, it's a little third wheel and I, I think AJ deserves his own one on one match i I have tons of reservations about AJ against Shane McMahon. Um, unless it ends like Goldberg and Lesnar, which is AJ looks at at Shane McMahon, Shane throws a punch, AJ blocks it, AJ Pele kicks him and gives him the Styles (laughs) Clash, and it's over. Um, That's what should happen. Shane McMahon is a wrestling executive in his late 40s who does not belong in the ring with AJ Styles in any even-steven way. It is as absurd and ridiculous as anything. Undertaker was older than Shane McMahon. Um, He, you know, and and there's, you know, some argument with the stipulations and everything that they could have made. Even then, it's suspended my disbelief too much. It's absurd. That said, that that objection laid out, Shane is a McMahon. And I don't think WWE perceives putting Shane or putting AJ in against Shane as a demotion for AJ. So AJ's going to go and he's going to do what what Kurt Angle did. He's going to try to have a great match with Shane McMahon to make Shane McMahon look like he belonged in there with him. AJ's capable of it. I don't like it, but I think there's worse places for AJ to be, like some showcase match against Dolph Ziggler. I mean, at least it feels like a WrestleMania special attraction match. So mixed feelings, but overall, I don't think AJ fans should be too upset because it is a McMahon. I'd obviously rather have Shane McMahon next week say, uh, after what you said to me, AJ, you want an opponent at WrestleMania, I got you one. His name is, and then cue the violin music, and out comes Shinsuke. Uh, I'll take that at this point. That
0: would be awesome. Yeah but you know the one the one positive with uh aj and shane at at least hopefully um you never know sometimes with WWE, but hopefully at least aj will be getting a win at wrestlemania so there's something oh god I silver lining so. <laughs> so to, uh,
2: quickly touch upon talking smack last night we had uh, alexa bliss come out apollo cruz come out uh saw backstage and gorilla aj tearing stuff up um and then the Miz. the Miz came out for the last eight minutes and uh, did that amazing promo we talked about earlier. uh yes, yeah, so well Paulo. is also going to be in the Andre Battle Royal. How do
3: we not lead with that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I'm talking Smack, this segment and the one he did a couple weeks ago, I think, He's getting the hang of how to present his personality in a way where it's not just, you know, I've got a great smile and I'm really nice. I think well, a that- lot
3: of people have that in them, and then they get yeah. on WWE television with the scripting and the, and, 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 you know, it's like Rich Swan. Oh, he likes to have fun. Oh, God, if I never <laughs> hear that again, Jesus, who doesn't? But I mean, it's so, it's a, and, and Apollo Crews, it's like, smile, you got bright white teeth and you're, good-looking guy just go out there and smile and make all the kids feel like warm and happy and it's it's all it's all about bringing smiles to people's faces apollo cruz needs to have an edge to him but if you take him off script a lot of guys are better off script yeah Shamrock was better off script 20 years ago he joined wwf and people thought he's going to be great and he was doing these i'm ken shamrock and i'm mad and it was like that's not who we saw in ufc i just want let, let apollo cruz be apollo cruz
0: I mean, they, they signed Paul Heyman because of, you know, Brock Lesnar's promo skills, but he was cutting killer promos in the UFC. So, you know, you, you let these guys be themselves sometimes and, and, and you get, uh, and you you could get something amazing. And I I wish they would, I, you know, I could see where scripting promos would be helpful for some or give you know, at least giving them a general idea of where to go, uh, which obviously they, they should do anyway, but. The overscripting it, it hurts a lot of guys I was surprised uh,
3: you knew you guys sent me a script for this show <laughs> yeah,
0: right right um, I did want to say you, the thing that bugs the you know the hell out of me is when they're like I'm entering myself in the Andre the giant battle royal and the you know all you have to do is say hey I've been informed that I'm going to be in the Andre the giant battle royal so it makes it seem like you know you earned it or you deserved it as opposed to it's something that anyone can just say that they're in
3: yeah I mean the- I what the the line should be since I, it's apparent that I'm not going to get a singles match at WrestleMania because I'm not high enough on the card I am therefore submitting an application and I know I'll be accepted because everybody else is going to be in this match. They can't say that but that's <laughs> kind of the way it comes across is you know I mean poor Dolph Ziggler, you know, I mean he's going to be in that match too. Right
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I got to say, though, man, I love Talking Smack. I love that they have the characters go out there and improvising character. I think it's just as an exercise. It's great, and it's fantastic that we get to watch it. Um, I thought Alexa was good last night. I think she gets better and better every week that they put her on there and uh, let her talk it out. I think the other big bombshell last night that everyone was reacting to was the crack Daniel Bryan
3: made. About,
2: you know, in a year and a half, we'll see if he's going to come back in the ring or not when his contract's up.
3: Well, I mean, that's what his... People who apparently have insight into his mindset have been saying since he was retired against his will by WWE. I think if he doesn't wrestle for another year and a half, his, he's, he's going to rationalize that his concussion issues have healed uh, substantially. And one way or the other, he wants to wrestle again. WWE's writing out his contract. Um, I think that they have a, a, friend, uh, uh, a tense but friendly understanding that he will serve that out. It's best for him. Uh, but I mean, there's. I've talked to people who think he shouldn't wrestle again. I've talked to people who think he absolutely should, just not a full time schedule and with some limitations on what he does. My issue is, is Daniel Bryan does Daniel Bryan have it in him to not go all out and take yeah. crazy bumps? And I mean, if, in his book, he's just talking about the the dumb decisions he made in terms of wrestling with concussions, taking chair shots to the head. I, I need this to be a uh, Daniel Bryan who's a father who who's who under and who understands. Restraints and understands that he can have a great match without hurting his brain, and that it takes some editing. and I hope he has the self discipline to do that if he does come back. But it was a, a remarkable comment to make, and I, I think WWE already knew his stance. I don't think it was shocking. It's just putting it out there like that is uh, is, is certainly newsworthy and a talking point.
0: Uh, let me ask you this way: Do you think WWE would allow Daniel Bryan to wrestle again? This is kind of a roundabout way of doing it, like saying hypothetically, Bryan does uh leave WWE in a year and a half when this contract is up goes and wrestles for ROH for a year and after that year you think WWE and and you know assuming he's completely fine and doesn't get injured um and it's you know working in the style that he wants do you think they'd bring him back then
3: yeah it's so i hate the cliche never say never but in, i mean it really uh, with if they if if they think it'll draw money Um, and Daniel Bryan can pass tests, and he's showing an adjusted in-ring style. I mean, I don't think they're too stubborn that they would say no to that. Um, uh, But there is a sense... uh, I could imagine them thinking, wait a second, we're not going to let somebody go rogue outside of WWE, defy what we believe our doctor said was best for him, and then end up um, looking like they they should have... uh, There we go. That we should have... um, that, that that we were wrong all along, and that we should have let uh, let Daniel Bryan wrestle. So I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think there might there there could be some some anger and bitterness at Bryan kind of defying them and making them look like they were overly cautious. But again, if if they think he can draw money and they don't have big time stars, because by the time we by the time we're talking two three years down the line, there's probably no Brock Lesnar, almost for sure no Undertaker and Goldberg. Probably Triple H was aged out at that point. You, Shane McMahon, hopefully at that point too. So you start running out of these special attractions. And who do they have from the 2000s to take the place of all these Attitude Era wrestlers who they're who they're putting in headline matches? Maybe a comeback match for Kurt Angle, but beyond that, I mean, most of the guys from the post-Attitude Era who are the next generation special attractions, I don't I don't see who's going to be able to fill the shoes of the guys who are aging out right now. So Daniel Bryan moves up the list then.
2: Yeah. And I don't think they're going to have as as big of names, right? I mean, there's not going to be as big of names to tap into um, from that middle era.
0: Yeah, yeah they're I'm, they're not allowing themselves to create bigger names.
3: Yeah. And and the question is, is the 15 year old today in his 20s going to look back at at you know John Cena and Randy Orton and and some of the stars who he or she grew up watching? Is, are they going to look at at the special attractions like? The current generation did popping for Goldberg, or they look at Triple H. I don't think to the same degree, but you don't know until that generation starts, uh, you know, getting older and, and looking back nostalgically at some of the stars they grew up with. But I just don't think that kind of 2003 to 2013 era has anybody who can go in the ring who has that that big name special attraction vibe. I mean, we kind we just, of
0: saw Batista when he came back yeah. and the response he got. It wasn't this... Uh overly and, and granted it wasn't that long, but still right. it was long enough that you would think that, fa- you know, if fans really cared, they would have shown that they missed him and were happy to have him back. But that yeah. didn't happen at all. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hey, man, when the Funkasaurus makes his return, I mean, that pop. <laughs> it's blow, the, blow the lid off the place. Um, yeah, I think uh, all in all, though, man, see, we talk about it with SmackDown Live, and then we get to the talking smack, and it's like, yeah, that was an excellent night of wrestling. Amazing what a difference that 20 minutes makes at the very end there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, SmackDown Live was, I thought, the MVP this week, and, and really because of The Miz.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, cool guys. Uh, so we got a little time here before we wrap up. Um, Want to talk about what's the latest going on with Impact, Raj?
0: Uh, sure, real quick. Uh, Wade, I wanted to get your thoughts on Triple H versus Seth Rollins. They're not, at, you know, coming out now. Wait, that's me. on
3: Impact this week. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a scoop, hey, man. They're, they're, is... they're signing a bunch of guys.
3: <laughs> yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go post the story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. But they're not. Coming out and saying that they're going to have a match. It looks like they're still playing it by ear. You know, Triple H was like, "Don't you call me out at WrestleMania?" Um, what do you think? What do you think is their backup plan, assuming that Rollins can't wrestle Triple H? Is it just going to be Rollins calling out Triple H and uh, and they have a little brawl that leads to a tag match or, or something like that?
3: Well, I think it's at a point now where they can't. Not, Seth can't not show up. Right. But this is Triple H, and so who knows? <laughs> he might end up, you know, bigfooting Seth and making Seth look bad, because Triple H will stand out there, do his whole ring entrance, and wait for Seth, and no Seth, and then Triple H will cut a promo about how Seth was never a big star, and he was, and how he got his nicknames naturally, and Seth had, uh, had you know, they were manufactured and marketing. I mean, I thought Triple H kind of buried, buried Seth on Raw on Monday night with that promo, but that's Triple H way of, I mean, he can't help himself. He, he In trying to put over a feud in somebody else, he ends up talking a lot about himself and how awesome he was. So we can't rule anything out for Mania. That said, um, I mean, my initial reporting that I heard the week of Seth's injury, uh, two, three days after the injury, is this is a type of injury where they're not going to know if he can work at WrestleMania. For sure, yes, or for sure, no. That's what it was looking like. I think that's where they are. So I, I think they're going to half advertise it and, be, and, and hope that in the end they end up, uh, with Seth and Hunter being able to have some sort of a brawl, I think that 's the best case scenario i don 't think a full fledged match with sesame is all that likely um, but i i mean i, I don 't think they would have spent as much time as they had the past couple of weeks on Seth and Hunter if they didn 't have in a minimal plan that involves some physical contact between them, even if it 's not a full fledged match
0: my my prediction here 's my prediction i think if if seth can 't have a full fledged match i think Seth calls out Triple H. They have a little brawl. Samoa so Joe comes out. Uh, they yeah. start double teaming Seth. And then Finn Balor comes out. I, I, assuming he hasn't returned to TV by then, I think Finn yeah. Balor comes out. The New Day comes, makes a tag match. Balor works most of the match, and, and they get the win. That's just my uh, prediction. But... um.
3: I, I think by then, uh, Big E is going to have his tongue uh, frozen to the <laughs> ice cream truck.
0: There's nothing that grosses me out probably more than seeing that. Um, <laughs> I, I, and, and did you think Triple H, did you think he was taking a shot at CM Punk with that whole talk about the doctors? And they're in Chicago and he's talking about how great the WWE doctors yeah. are.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Is that really the time and place and context that you want to be making? You're, you're Triple H the heel with a grudge at Seth Rollins, and now you're going to start acting like you're at some corporate conference talking about how great they <laughs> care for their athletes. I mean, <laughs> as the, the pettiness and, and score settling that goes on in that company by people on top sometimes is, is, is pretty astounding. Right.
2: I thought right, that fit really well, though. I thought, I mean, I thought that fit very well for Triple H as the character. Oh, did
3: right. <laughs> I mean, it,
0: it did, but I thought it was so random. Him talking about oh, the yeah. doctors as opposed to focusing the promo on on Seth, but okay. he, he, it was a clever way to kind of work in that shot to CM Punk.
3: Yeah. At, uh... Well it, it it fits the character in the sense that his character is the 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 daddy of NXT who's bringing all the hardcore fans They're great wrestling. He's yeah. the guy who's overseen the performance center and the modernization of the next generation of wrestlers, but he's also the authority please boo him against Seth Rollins and <laughs> thinks Seth Rollins is fantastic and a lead babyface even though Triple H deep down you know is the guy who makes wrestling great.
2: Yeah. Even if even if it's Seth coming down that ramp on a rascal scooter, I think something, something's <laughs> got to happen at Mania with yeah. them. Um, cool. So, uh, do we just quickly before we get into Impact, do you want to talk about where where we're at with the card for Mania, Rush?
0: Uh, sh- sure. I mean, I think pretty much all the big matches are laid out. Uh, no real surprises other than they might have moved Nia Jax out of the Raw Women's Championship match. Um, it Doesn't really affect it much either way. Shaq and the Big Show still still seems up in the air. I don't think anyone really cares either way for that but uh, uh, Wade Undertaker and Roman Reigns how sh- who should go over in that match
3: Roman Reigns um, uh, probably but I mean uh, I mean uh, I there's there's I can make an argument either way I mean the obvious answer is Roman Reigns is going to be is is Vince McMahon sees him as the guy who's going to be headlining WrestleMania for the next 5 to 10 years for him give Roman a big win and and have Undertaker afterwards You know, have Reigns help Undertaker up. Undertaker look over at him, uh, pat him on the shoulder, raise his arm, point at him, and go, "This guy's the real deal." And you put over Roman Reigns big. That's one way. But people are going to be resent. People are going to resent that. They're going to speaking of CM Punk. They're going to see that as Roman Reigns being the chosen one, and he gets all the benefits. He gets all the all the wins over the big stars. If you want Roman Reigns to end up with a uh, with fans. Uh, uh, I think not looking at him as being favored so much, have him do a job. Have him do a job to uh, Undertaker and do the honors. And I think fans will... The fans who are booing him will, I think, warm up to the notion that Roman Reigns isn't so privileged that he was able... that, That he was asked and did a job to Undertaker in a competitive match. So you can make the case either way. I think Vince's thinking is more along the lines of have Roman win. But I could see Vince's rationale being we're going to have Roman lose because that'll build up some respect among the fans who are booing it.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think they, do you think there's any chance that they'd have Reigns turn heel and, and cheat to beat taker and, and, and go finally with Reigns turning heel, even though they've been so resistant so far?
3: Is there a place we can sign a petition for that cuz I, I would I mean I think that's where the money is. Yeah. I think Roman Reigns being a heel for a couple of years and and you know go with Ed Turn Savage, Joe Babyface down the line against Roman, have Finn Balor be your lead babyface, switch AJ Babyface, move him to raw, uh build around Shinsuke whatever, you know, have Seth Rollins come. do whatever you have to do, pace together, patch together a top babyface crew, have Roman be the centerpiece heel. I think you can draw big money with Roman in his natural role for the next couple of years and then and then go from there. Um but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Vince is, is, is determined to get Roman over as the, the, the face of the company who sells merchandise to kids, and he can put prominently in the front on, on the posters for international tours and at sponsorship events because Roman looks like Vince McMahon wants his leading male in the WWE movie to look. And I think he's going to push for that uh, until it's more obvious than it's even been that that's not what the fans want.
0: Yeah, it does seem like if, if Roman turned heel, and you wouldn't have that baby face that Vince sees as the top guy, especially, you know, with Cena being gone uh, at least for a few months. Uh, so I, I, as much as I'd like to see it, I could really see them not doing it.
3: What do you have? Do you have a prediction on who goes over?
0: I think it's going to be Reigns.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about the match. I mean, I, I'm worried about Taker physically, too. You know, I just I mean, I'm I not. I Just, I hope that he. I mean, he works. He he goes over these matches move for move, rehearses them. He's meticulous, and if they end up getting Braun Strowman involved to kind of cover for it, that won't shock me either. If Braun ends up involved in the finish, but it can't be the last match on Mania if you do a, a finish mm. with interference.
0: Right. Yeah, I think they could do enough smoke and mirrors that it'll be. It could be entertaining. Reigns has has gotten really good in the ring. I mean, he had a great match with Braun Strowman. You know, he's had great matches with the Big Show. So. I think I think they'll be able to pull it off, but Taker looked bad at the Royal Rumble. Hopefully, yeah. uh, you know his hips. He's had a, a plethora of injuries over the years, so yeah. uh, hopefully, oh, hopefully he could do something. Now, wait, I know you got your uh, podcast coming up, one PM Eastern, pwtorch.com. Real quick, new new era of Impact Wrestling starts tomorrow. Your thoughts?
3: Uh, I'm I'm glad there's a new era. I I just wish it wasn't the band getting back together from a previous era i wish it was really a new era but i don't want to prejudge too much although i I just i haven't heard from jeff jarrett in the comments that he's made and things i've heard behind the scenes anything that makes me think there's a new vision that's going to be executed starting tomorrow night that is going to really grab people's attention in a way that's going to increase viewership or make tna more relevant um i think it'll be a nice change from, I mean, the last year has been fine, but it was a show, if you invested two hours, you're like, oh, that was a pretty good wrestling show for the most part, but it wasn't one that, that had any kind of buzz or that made you think, wow, they're, they're really doing something new with, uh, with this, this pro wrestling genre, that, and, and they have these rising stars. I, I just don't trust, until I see differently, that a Jeff Jarrett-led vision is something that's going to get TNA on the radar of people who have written them off uh, for the past five years.
0: Yeah, it just seem, yeah, it just seems like uh, there's also with Pop TV, there, it just seems like there's such limited uh, mobility as far as where you could go with that with that TV deal they have right now.
3: Although it, it introduced me to Shit's Creek, and that makes <laughs> Impact's move to Pop TV worth it. That is a fantastic comedy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, specifically speaking, I, you know, they lost some top talent. They got some new names coming back. Um, uh, or some old names coming back. And I mean, let's see what they do with them. I, I glossed over the spoilers, you know, enough to kinda pluck out what the headlines were, but I didn't meticulously study each each show because I kinda you know wanna see it play out and I'm hoping with uh, – Jer- I mean, I think one of the big things Impact needed more than anything, if I p- pinpoint one specific, it's uh, better play-by-play. I thought Josh Matthews got worse over time, and I think Jeremy Borash will, will, will be and is a huge improvement, and I think that will add a lot to the show. Um, I'm not sure if Josh, as a heel commentator every week, if that's what they do, is going to grow agitating enough to make it kind of a turn-off the TV or turn-down the volume aspect either. But Jeremy on play-by-play will absolutely be a step up.
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, real quick, they did. And anyone not interested in spoilers, just stop listening right now. They did do the do an angle where uh, where uh, Josh Matthews is gone. So do you, do you have oh, any okay. do you have any thoughts on who they might replace him with as uh, as Jeremy Borash's partner?
3: Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I the pope is kind of. I'd say take it or leave it, but that'd be more of an endorsement than I feel. Even though I think I think he got less annoying and cliched over time. I think he got better, and Josh got worse, and they ended. Up, they still were a bad announce team. Um, but no, but I think they have some. I mean, they've got candidates. I mean, I I don't think finding a color commentator um, is. I mean, Dutchman. By the way, Dutch Mantell was a really good color commentator at one point on WCW-TV, and I think in Smoky Mountain too, he did some. So yeah, I mean, I. They can find somebody who will work. I just a, a good lead play by play guy selling the angles and Jeremy's old school enough that he's going to put over the baby faces and, uh, and, and rip on the heels for cheating. And, and that's, you know, you need that and somebody who can be enthusiastic about a match and, uh, Josh is going to do that.
0: Right. A couple of people saying Jr. I, I interviewed Jr. yesterday. <laughs> he has no interest. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, thanks again. Wait- Again, uh, head over to pwtorch.com. To, at, uh, right after this, Wade will have the PW Torch podcast. And, uh, and thanks again, Wade. We'd love to have you back.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. pwtorchlivecast.com, just to oh, avoid sorry. confusion. Uh, that, that's where the podcast will be. And we'll have Sam Roberts on with me in about, yeah, about eight minutes talking about a, a lot of these same topics. Uh, so we'll get into that with him. And uh, speaking of Jim Ross, he's on my interview show tomorrow, same uh, one Eastern at pwtorchlivecast.com. Awesome, man. Cool. Uh, it was a pleasure. Great talking to you guys.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Wade. We'll, Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Glenn, if you want stick, to stick around real quick, we'll get a couple of these questions. Thanks yeah. again, Wade. Appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. Hey,
2: while you're looking uh, through those questions, Raj, uh, one question for you. So I watched the finale of Holy Foley, finally. This Noelle Foley thing. Is, it, is that over? Is that going anywhere I further?
0: So. I mean, I like, haven't heard of her being at the performance center or anything like that. So.
2: Well, I don't know if you watched the finale but uh, uh you haven't gave, watched a uh,
0: single episode uh,
2: it was a cute show. look better than chrisley knows best i'll tell you that much um but uh yeah they ended it with uh wwe saying uh not now basically not a not a no but that she needs to work on her athleticism and her strength training
0: my t- my take on it has been that uh it was just a storyline for the show yeah. and uh and yeah so i mean she's she's an attractive girl she uh I'm sure they could use her in some role, but with Mick being written off soon and they haven't used her at all on TV, uh, I I don't see it happening yet, Mm. but, uh, yeah, I I don't see her being a wrestler though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I I felt like it was the reality show. If you haven't started it yet, folks, um, there's no satisfying conclusion. I guess is my point. It's cute, but it's not really a journey. You know,
0: more people saying Jim rocks is lying. He's not, look, he, uh, uh, he, he's announcing new Japan on access. So I don't think yeah. even contractually he'd be, he'd be able to. Um, and so, yeah. So Jr. Uh, it's not going to impact his tweet that he sent out. Uh, he confirmed to me that it was just uh, noting that they're changing the commentary and not that he was uh, going to be doing commentary for him. Cool, man. Uh, any other questions, guys put, use a uh, hashtag W podcast. I know there were a bunch earlier that kind of missed, but, uh, keep sending them uh glenn do you have a match right now at wrestlemania that you're most looking forward to
2: um you know out of all of it i i'm actually looking forward to whatever uh they do if if they put together one of those six man ladder matches like they did last year you know i I think that a lot of these guys that haven't gotten a spot yet if they even do one of those this year right because if we're going to have corbin and dean for the IC title, then is that really the arm bar? Is that going to be where like Sami Zayn and everyone else ends up that doesn't get a match? I don't
0: see them doing an inner brand one. Yeah. um,
2: So maybe that's what ends up uh, happening with it. I think WrestleMania, the card is solid this year, but there's nothing I look at where I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to see how that plays out. You know?
0: Yeah. I think it's been a, it's been a while since you've had that kind of match. I think sting versus triple H, it had enough intrigue, Mm -hmm. um, that you're just curious how Sting would look, you know, if Triple H would put him over, you know, which he didn't. (laughs) Um, So, uh, so yeah, I I mean, for me, I I think Taker versus Reigns is really interesting. I don't necessarily mean that'll be the best match on the show by any means or anything like that. I just think it's interesting with where they could go. If they do turn Reigns heel, uh, you know, you could make arguments for either man winning that match. Jim Ross, uh, that was another question I asked him. He, he said that, he would turn reigns heel have reigns win after the match say, Hey, you might not like what I did. So, but kiss my ass. You never cared anyway. You know? Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You know, someone on Reddit, I wish I remembered their name said this, uh, the other day I read it and really contextualized how I feel about WrestleMania. Um, WrestleMania is not for us. Basically, saying that WrestleMania no, is the WrestleMania well, no, not for you, not for some of you guys. <laughs> no, but it's not for the hardcore fan. It's not a reward for the hardcore fan who watches Raw on SmackDown each week, who pays attention to everything. It's not for us. It's Vince's one chance a year to be in the legitimate entertainment business, to have mainstream media pay attention to him, and to get all those people that are lapsed fans to come back and pay attention. That's who he's catering to with this. So I think we should be able to enjoy it and appreciate it, but. This this is not being booked to satisfy all our you know crazy fantasies.
0: Yeah, someone's asking, do you see Lesnar versus Joe for the Universal Title after Mania? I I do see that. Um, you know, really, you got Joe, Braun Strowman, and uh, and Roman Reigns kind of you know in the hunt there. So it opens up some new you know new fresh matchups. So I you know I could definitely see him with with the push that they're giving Joe.
2: Actually, and after last night, I don't know about how the match is going to be, but goddamn, Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Nikki. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to the buildup of that over the next couple weeks. I want to see the Miz and Cena going at it more and uh, doing promos against each other. I think, you know, that's going to have a really great build regardless of how the final match is.
0: Yeah. Someone's asking if AJ versus Shane is a way to move AJ to raw. I don't think so. It's just a way to get Shane on the card. Really? Um, yeah. Let's see where do they go with, well, we answered that. Uh, da, 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 da. Weird last night. Again,
2: no Usos. I mean no American Alpha. I wonder if they're just putting a pin in that until after uh After Mania cuz they can't they don't have space for it right now.
0: Um yeah, I I I bet there at best there'll be a tag match on the pre-show, but yeah. you know, that, that's about it. I mean, it's clear that they they don't see American Alpha uh as something special. And they need, and someone's, someone's asking about the revival after WrestleMania. I could see it. One of the names is Elias Sampson after <laughs> WrestleMania. So they always have some weird ones after Mania. Like they had, they had the bod one. villains before yeah. and Apollo Cruz when, and, and that's nothing against Apollo Cruz. Just he wasn't a top star at NXT. He hadn't been there lo- that long. So it was kind of odd that, that he moved to the main roster before a lot of other guys.
2: Man, of Elias is getting called up, Kurt Hawkins better hold off any major purchases because uh, I could see Elias coming for that spot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just right. Elias, I mean, it's amazing to me. It's one thing if you want a heel character that gets gen- genuine heat, but it's another thing when you have a heel that gets indifference, you know, from a crowd the way Elias Sampson does almost every time he performs.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Elias has that look that Vince likes, so... I'm sure he'll get something of a push, you know, it'll be kind of like Baron Corbin.
2: Yeah, Corbin, Corbin, at least I think has uh, an it factor about him. But Elias, yeah, the the drifter is not a a solid gimmick.
0: It's not a winner. It's not a winning gimmick. Who will be the new Raw GM after WrestleMania? You know, a lot of people say Kurt Angle. People say Hulk Hogan. But really, um, more times than not, when they have a GM spot open that becomes vacant and they fill it, it's something disappointing. You know, whether it's and this is not no disrespect to Teddy Long, but he wasn't like a big star that people are excited to see. Uh, Mike Adamley, uh, the the, the laptop, (laughs) that anonymous GM. So I would not get your hopes too high. Yeah, it could
2: very well end up being Bo Dallas. It's not like they're doing anything else with him. Right. (laughs) Cool, man. Yeah. Even and Christian, Christian, would, Christian could, could be entertaining. yeah. Absolutely, man. Edge or, or Edge and Christian. Uh, you know, bring them both back. Let them do the gig. At least co
0: GMs. Yeah, that'd be yeah. that'd be different.
2: That'd be fantastic. Their show got renewed, right? They're filming a uh, season two of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Someone yeah. saying Scott Steiner, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> totally. So he would be dwarfing all the talent. So I don't think they want that.
2: Yeah, just put fully out of his misery at this point. It's uh <laughs> just sad seeing how Stephanie's dressing him down more. Cool, man. So Raj and I will be back Monday night with Mr. Matt Morgan to talk about Monday Night Raw and all of the shenanigans that will ensue then. And uh, Raj, anything people should look for on the site the rest of
0: this next couple days? Uh, stuff from the JR interview will be going up this week. Uh, JR talks about the impact wrestling rumors that Roman Reigns Undertaker stuff. So we'll have some highlights from it. And then the full interview, uh, I believe next week. And then more from my interview with Tony Schiavone was posted Monday. And my interview with Josh Barnett, the uh, will be the rest of it will be up on Thursday. So tons of exclusives and uh, yeah, stay glued. Sounds good.
2: And everyone uh, be sure to follow both Raj and myself on Twitter. You can find links to our Twitter names in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating and review on iTunes on YouTube. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein and we'll see you back here on the wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care.
1: This is the story of the one.